When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you or a loved one battling addiction? Relevance Behavioral Health is here to help you. At Relevance, you'll get intense clinical care coupled with long-term relapse prevention. Call today, 732-702-2242, or go online at relevancerecovery.com. Hey, guys. Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to our special podcast, Speaking Recovery. I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Regan, and a very special guest for this episode, Alicia Circle, and we're going to talk about Alicia and her story. And Alicia, welcome. It's great to see you. Uh, thank you, guys. I want to just start by thanking our sponsors, uh, the Healing Us Centers. You can go to hucenters.com and get all the information you need if you are struggling with addiction, if you've got a family member struggling with addiction, a friend, etc. Don't wait. Get the help you need. All the resources are there on one website, hucenters.com. All right, Daniel, good to see you. How, good uh, how are you holding you, up Bill? with the shutdown? You doing all right? We're doing good. We're doing good. You know, we're, we're essential workers here. So yes, it's kind we of, <laughs> we're in this weird uh, kind of placebo stage, if you will, that we're, it's kind of like life is going on normal, but it is not normal it's at all. It's all ending at normal. the yeah. Yeah. So, Alicia, you, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for joining us. I know you've got quite a story and I remember hearing bits and pieces of it. Um, I guess it was, was it last year or even two years ago? At the, last uh, year's gala. Clear gala, yeah. right? Yeah, the gala and at Rock the Farm, I think um, I went on stage that yeah. year too. Yeah. So, yeah. Daniel, when did you two connect? We connected back in 2018, January. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alicia was just coming out of treatment. I and, uh, <laughs> She's just been one of the core soul members at, at CFC and really worked her way up to <laughs> ranks. And she was one of those individuals. I'm going to let her dive into her story. But I, I mean, she was one of those individuals that just came in and she just allowed herself to be vulnerable and jumped at every opportunity uh, at her. And uh, now she, you know, she went from a member to a uh, case manager to a uh, recovery uh, coach, recovery house, coach manager. house manager. <laughs> now she works at admissions at Re- uh, Relevant. So yeah. um, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, I love her to death. She's <laughs> one of my my other sisters. <laughs> Alicia, let me let me uh, let me ask you then. You know, this whole thing. I mean, I, I'm hoping that we are providing a service to people out there that are struggling and suffering. And the one thing that always jumps out at me, and I, I know I say it every time we get together and have a conversation about this, that you can actually defeat addiction. You can actually win and get through to the other side. And I think that's something that not everybody realizes that you can win, put it behind you and have a smile on your face. It doesn't have to be (laughs) your day to day is actually helping other people get to where you are. So start back in 2018. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you can for me, and I think it's important for a lot of families to hear this, especially people who are out right now, uh, they're Mm -hmm. stuck at home. We know that the addiction crisis is actually increasing with this shutdown, people locked away, uh, you know, and it's very sad for a lot of people. But, um, you know, what insight do you have? Where did it start for you as far as your road to addiction and then the pathway out of it? 
Yeah. So, I mean, my, you know, I, there's no reason in this world that I should have been an addict. You know what I'm saying? I was raised in a beautiful family. I had two parents that absolutely adored me. You know, I did all of the softball and the cheerleading and the choirs. And, you know, I did every extracurricular activity. I was a fantastic student, if I must say so myself. Um, you know, and I, I really, you know, I was the oldest sister in a family and I really had great values and great morals. And I had a family that loved me and that supported me no matter what it was that I chose to do. You know, life happens. You know what I'm saying? Like you go through all of these things that, that happen to you and these traumas, you know, and, um, things that you don't necessarily ask for things that you don't go looking for. Um, and if you don't have those tools within yourself for whatever reason, you know, you don't have the, the, the right way to respond. You don't know how to react to these things and how to yeah. take that on. Um, you know, so I went through life, went through college, did all of that, didn't quite graduate college, um, still on that journey. Um, you know, but I came into addiction kind of late in life, you know, in comparison. Alicia, is that where your problem started? Was it not finishing college or was it even after that? And real think, quick, not to interrupt you, but yeah. uh, Anthony Worthington just posted on Facebook <laughs> on our page. Uh, Alicia is a big part of my recovery. She's such a great woman and I love her so much. Thank you for all you have done for me and everyone else. So, yeah. Anthony, thank you for that. Appreciate you, Anthony. Love you, Ann. Um, so, yeah. anyway, so you you decided not, you, you it didn't work out your graduation. So, what, what happened? What went through your mind and time at that point? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Honestly, like, my biggest part, um, you know, and it, it, I can look back in retrospect and see that, like, marijuana was a huge problem for me. I had very very addictive behaviors to something that I thought was innocent and that everybody did. Same thing with alcohol. You know, I smoked cigarettes from the time I was, sorry, mom, like 13, you know what I'm saying? And, and carried that onward. I'm actually three days um, using my patch, three days without a cigarette for the first time in like over 15 years. So still, still, wow. yeah, still recovering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, but I think that college not finishing that and dropping out, I think had a lot to do with it, but um, the biggest part for me was my my very best friend in the entire world died of a heroin overdose. Um, she was 21. And I, you know, the first time I heard the word heroin was was at her wake. Um, I knew that she was on pills. I knew she did blues. I had no idea that blues and opiates were heroin. I had no idea. Like, I was very naive in that sense. What's blues? I don't know what that means. What is that? It's like roxycodone, oxycodone. Oh, it's, okay. It's like oh, the pills. The prescription yeah. drugs, yeah. Okay. Very popular while I was in high school, early college. I never got into it. I did, you know, my Coke. I did alcohol. You know, I drank alcohol. I smoked weed, whatever. Um, but when she died, something within me fundamentally just shattered. You know, um, my parents had been through a divorce. And, you know, as amicable as that was, that was the beginning of me not to trust the world. That was the beginning of me to question who I was and why I was here and what I was supposed to do. Um, I went to college. I wanted to be a teacher. That was my passion, you know, from a child. And all of a sudden, I no longer wanted to be a teacher. All of a sudden, I found myself, I was in a very long-term relationship that was not healthy, you know, from, from the very beginning. It was very manipulative and toxic. And, you know, although I'm resolute and I've come to peace with that period of my life, you know, I went through almost 10 years with this man who, like, you know, wasn't good for me. And I, I found myself dropping out of college, you know, working, 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 working and rebelling. You know what I'm saying? I had always been the perfectionist. I'd always been the straight A student. I'd always been the person that people look up to, you know, at least in my family and, you know, in my group of friends, I like to think, you know, and something within me shattered, you know, and I rebelled and I went out and it started for me, you know, I had a lot of tooth pain. My wisdom teeth were coming in. I was looking for something to help with pain and, you know, I found heroin and like, I didn't start with pills. I didn't start with whatever. And part of that was like, I also wanted to find what my best friend, Jessica, like what it was that was so important about drugs that she 
So Less despite seeing her buried, you're thinking, what attracted her to this drug? And, and I'm going to try it. How and did I, you get it when you first started? Like, how did you get it? You knew a guy? Like, how does that... I was working in a convenience store um, in a kind of a seedy area, you know, and I knew this person came in. We'd be friendly. We would smoke cigarettes outside together. And it just was a conversation like, yo, what can you get me? I'm in pain. And it just spiraled from there. I didn't know it was heroin. I thought it was Coke. I didn't know what it was. Like, I was very, yeah. very, very naive. And the first time, and this still sticks with me, the very first time that I did heroin, I remember thinking to myself, like, I get it. I understand. Like, mm -hmm. I understand why people become addicted to this. Because it was just, what, all your worries went away? You felt, what was it? You just, was this warm, fuzzy feeling that everything is going to be okay. You know, there's no worry in the world. And, like, this, like, calmness washes over you. And, like, you lose sense of, what's going wrong? What I'm worried about? Like you just become living like an automaton in this alternate reality that you don't really care to, to fix the things that you know are going wrong, you know, and it just gets worse. You know, you get further and deeper down into how, that. How many years how many, or months did you struggle? And how often were you using? Were you going back to the guy every day? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I would you know, I, I'm not proud to say it, but I would rob the safe of where I worked. You know what I'm saying? I would take money and I would find ways throughout the day to like shortchange people and keep change on the side to replace the money in the safe, like taking my entire paycheck out of the ATM, borrowing from people that like trusted me that had no idea this was going on. Cause like I was a good addict for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I struggled with marijuana and alcohol and all these things far before that, um, I found ways, you know what I'm saying? And I struggled for years, years, you know? Elisa, wait, I want to interrupt you one more time because uh, Joe Marie just posted such a nice thing on Facebook. I know you guys can't see the scroll. I'm going to read it to you. Alicia is one of my dearest friends. Alicia, the pride I feel, the love I have for you, it's all overwhelming. I'm so happy to have you in my life and that you are touching and helping so many lives around you. You are the strongest person I know. Words are not enough. And Carlene Corso followed that uh, saying, I love you, Alicia, always. So you've got a lot of there's so much support yeah. and love and strength from other people. Um, so thank you. Uh, even as you tell the story, I, you know, I get chills thinking about how many parents uh, have the good addict and they don't know. They don't yeah. know what their kids yeah. are into and who they're talking to, who they're smoking butts with on the corner and what it could lead to. So anyway, right. go ahead. What, 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 uh, then what happened? <laughs> and how did you find Daniel? Like, and what did, did it, did a bell go off? Did you have a similar situation to Daniel where his mom literally dragged him out of this place or, or <laughs> did you come in? Like what happened? How did you finally, when did it break? I mean, I, you know, had been to rehabs, I'd been to detoxes, it just didn't work. You know, I yeah. tried 12 steps. I don't know if I fully tried. I don't know if I just had this resentment that I, I just wasn't ready. You know, yeah. I don't know. Um, one of my mother's coworkers, um, her sons are addicted and they weren't necessarily in CFC, but the mother, like my mom's friend, she had attended the family support group um, and met with Lynn and met with Dan and met with Jay and just raved about how much she had found healing within herself. And, you know, the last kind of two or three times that I went to rehab, my mom was like, CFC loud and clear, CFC loud and clear. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, mom. Okay, fine. Um, never went, you know what I'm saying? Called Jay like, yeah, I don't really need detox. Like, I'm good. I'm okay. You know? And he's like, all right, call me when you're ready. You know? And wow. Eventually, I went to rehab this last time. Um, you know, when I went to a state-run facility, I didn't go somewhere with, like, 
fancy food. Like I ate baby carrots and like grape tomatoes for a month because I didn't trust anything else there. <laughs> you know, I left there with like pneumonia. Like it was awful, you know, but I learned a lot and I learned what I needed to learn. And I made that phone call once I left there. I tried to go back to 12 step and, and, and NA and AA. And not that there's anything wrong with that because like today I work a program on the 12 steps, you know. Um, but back then I just, it wasn't, it wasn't it for me. Um, so I made the call to Jay and I was like, hey, dude, like just got out of treatment. You know, I, th I think I'm ready. Um, and I came, did an intake. My mom came with me and she's like, she needs to do this and she needs to do that. And like, I, you know, wrote this contract that like I'd be working within a certain amount of time. And, you know, it all just kind of explodes from there. Like once you get introduced to this new way of life and like a, a place that challenges you not only to like stay clean, but to make friends and to have fun and to find a passion. Social. Oh my God. It's so such a huge aspect of it. That's like lacking. And it's yeah. crazy to me because like, the treatment of addiction is so antiquated at this point. And I don't understand it because like we've been doing this for decades, decades. First of all, I agree with you there. Daniel and I and, and, and Ashley and, and Lynn, we've talked about this for over the years that I've been working with you guys. And to me, I feel blessed for the opportunity to even just be a small part of what you guys do. And, and it's just such a, a warm, uh, positive feeling that you, you know you're, you're helping people. You just know yeah. it, you see it. Let me ask you this. What's your relationship with your parents, if it's okay to talk about now, and, and how has that changed? Yeah, I mean, I didn't speak to my father for quite some time, you know, after the divorce and this and that. And, like, through addiction, I was stealing from him. I was stealing from, you know, a lot of people. Um, today, my mother, trust me, my mother is one of my closest friends. She's the first person I call when I have good news, when I have bad news, when I cry. Like, you know, she, her, Jay, and Danny are, like, my three, you know, a, people that I call, like when I have something to vent about, to cry about, to celebrate, like my mother and like my father, me and him have never been closer. And my father is like this goofy, awesome, like <laughs> childlike, you know, wonder kind of person. And it's just a beautiful thing. Even my relationship with my siblings, like, you know, I feel like I neglected them, you know, and, and, and part of something in them shattered when they realized that the facade that they knew, you know, of who Alicia was, like when that was broken, that was, I mean, earth shattering. It was changing. You know what I'm saying? Because I was an illusion for a while, right? They, they put all the societal parameters around you, yeah. grades and sports and all these activities, and there was some demon under underlying it. Scary. Let, let yeah. me ask you. I know you got a question. We talked about this off the air before we got started, so I just wanted to remind myself to bring it up because I could hear your story all day long. But I know this uh, it's such an important uh, piece. I don't want to uh, leave this out. Uh, parents asking you, uh, how do you not blame yourself for your kid's addiction? And I think that's a really, it's a powerful question. It is very powerful and it's very important, you know, because in addiction, especially as the parent of a child who is addicted, like you harbor that, you know, as a parent, regardless, like if right. your child gets their heart broken, if they skin their knees on their scooter, like you, you, you automatically become this empath and you feel the pain that they feel, um, re realizing that you can't take that on is so important. Like my mom did nothing wrong. My parents did not fail me whatsoever. My parents are fantastic people. I always say like my mother's a saint, you know what I'm saying? Like she doesn't smoke, she doesn't drink. Like, you know, she is, uh, she is exactly who I aspire to be. And there is no shortcoming on her part. And parents who feel like they're struggling out there and blaming themselves, like you need, we, communities as a whole, addiction, non-addiction, regardless, we are all suffering from something, right? We are all harboring this resentment, this guilt, this shame. And like when your child, your prized possession, the thing that you take the most pride and like happiness within, when that starts to break down, 
it's only natural for them to feel that pain within, you know, but understand that I'm on my path, just as you're on your path, Danny's on his path, and we are all responsible for what we put into the world. And what we put out is what we get back. Parents are not failing. Kids who are addicted are not failing. It's not a moral shortcoming. It's not values that are not instilled within. It's just these traumas that are not, it's like Danny says, Danny says this infection kind of model, you know what I'm saying? And like, what? I mean, when you said that, Daniel, you said that on our last podcast. Yeah. Like, it's not a disease, it's an infection. It was so, like, that was a game changing analysis. And, and I think it's, you can, you know, you can apply it to so many things and it, it can Absolutely. be treated. It's not necessarily your fault. There are certainly decisions you made that maybe led up to it. You can probably revisit them all day long. Right. Say, my God, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't meet that person. But it, yep. you are where you are. You're here. So when, when people get in touch with Relevance Behavioral Health, when they go to healingus.org, and I, I want to thank um, Relevance Behavioral Health and Healing Us Centers for uh, being not only the sponsor for Speaking Recovery, but for being there for so many New Jersey families that are struggling. And I know that uh, just as a result of people listening to you guys right now, someone's going to make that call. They're going to go to hucenters.com. And if you scroll down, you can see all of the resources from CFC Loud and Clear. Actually, speak of CFC Loud and Clear and come full circle. Alicia, I didn't believe your last name was Circle. <laughs> it's like, like, really? That's your last name? <laughs> I was meant That's to be it. here. Yeah. You, you, were, you were destined to be there. And thank you for those kind words, yes. Bill. And it's, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, I do what I do. It's a labor of love and it's yeah. a passion to do what we do on a yes. daily basis. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's kind of for selfish reasons. It keeps me sober. Uh, you know, giving yeah. what I learned back keeps me sober. Yeah. And, and jumping back to, you know, the parents, um, one of the things that happened to me in my treat in one of the treatment centers I went to it was I, I remember to this day I remember sitting in the room what I was wearing and everything because it was that powerful and uh, the, the counselor that was running and facilitating this group uh, they asked us hey what are you feeling it's your first day of treatment what emotions are going through your head and I mean we went off you know it, it, it was guilt shame yeah. fear yeah, yeah. Uh, physically yeah. injured but, you know all these different things and there was all these lists and she turned around and she goes your parents feel exactly the same way right now mm -hmm. wow and like yeah whoa yeah. you know sitting on the other side of the table right yeah and it really gave us that insight and it it, it is so true i mean my mom yeah. she's she was a daycare she owned daycare centers for yeah. 20 years and gave that up because she felt like she couldn't tell other parents how to raise their kids or help them raise their kids wow. because she failed raising hers yeah. And that just, it breaks my heart even hearing that today, that that's mm -hmm. what she felt. And, um, I, you know, it was my duty and my responsibility to, to fix that relationship when we came back. But, I, you know, my mom not wearing that shame and guilt allowed that relationship to come back as well. Because I think a lot of parents, what happens is they blame themselves and it also interrupts the process of the healing yeah. that happens in that, that, that dynamic. And any parent that's feeling that or going through that, go go to support groups. There's yes. support groups for families. Yeah. They need to heal just as much as the person that's in addiction. You know, get I'm a glad you said that. It's not like dropping your kid off at school or off at rehab. It is a family recovery, and that, yeah. that is so critical. It's uh, question we have. Daniela Massad Everhart has a question she posted on Facebook. Uh, this is um, I, I, really for both of you, I think. What would have made you, if anything, choose not to start in the first place? 
the addiction, I would imagine you're talking about. Um, I mean, I like, it sounds crazy, right? But I would not go back in time and change it. I wouldn't be who I am today um, without the addiction and the trauma and the turmoil that I went through without, you know, having to go back and healing that relationship with my parents. I wouldn't be as close to them as I would today. I wouldn't have Danny. I wouldn't have this life that I love. My life is beautiful. You understand? My life is beautiful. And I would not change what I went through because it wouldn't lead me where I am today. I had to go through. Alicia, I, I got chills actually when you said that because I, you know, Daniel and I have talked about this for years and, and with everybody in the Regan family. And I, we, we've had this conversation about overcoming adversity, about coping skills. I think our entire society is built on the avoidance of pain yeah. instead of the overcoming of pain. Yes. We, we, we are trying to avoid challenges. We're afraid of risk. We're afraid of challenge. We're afraid of adversity. And, you know, you see it today in the numbers when you look at the polls about people uh, afraid to go outside. I mean, my God, three polls in a row, 70% afraid to leave their house. And you're like, wait, wait, where did, wh how did that happen? No wonder why we're in so much trouble as a society. Embrace mm -hmm. risk, embrace adversity. I, I, that was so powerful what you just said uh, that you wouldn't take it back, right? All the bad stuff that happens to us in our lives makes us who we are. You know, it's, I mean, my God, the simplest example, right, of your muscles hurting when you're, when you're working out and trying to get better. You know, the, 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 the pain of being hungry when you're trying to, uh, you know, avoid certain foods, all those things, everything. I, it must have been very painful, though. Let me ask you this. What was it like not being able to get the drug that you were addicted to? Um, terrible. <laughs> it was, you know, it consumes every part of you. It consumes, I mean, yeah, the physical withdrawal sucks. Don't get me wrong. You're tired. Like you feel like you have like this awful flu. You can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't sit still, you know, but for me, um, withdrawing from, from opiates, you know, and anything, everything that I withdrew from, like, um, that anxiety and that mental just deterioration while you're sitting in bed, writhing around like you cannot sit still and like that those thoughts those intrusive thoughts the guilt the shame the i can't do this who who do i think i am like i'm just gonna die this way i, I really like one of the last thoughts that i remember having you know in active addiction is sitting up in my grandmother's attic in the, in the room that i just destroyed you know the last couple years of my life in, um and thinking i'm just gonna die this way and i'm okay with that and coming to peace with the fact that like my mother was going to bury me as an addict and like it's still hard for me to say that, you know, and I don't think I've ever said that to my mom. So like, I'm sorry, mom, but like, I'm no longer in that place. You know what I'm saying? But like not with withdrawing from drugs is, is terrible, you know, and, and not to make light of it, you know, but that is also another pain that you have to go through to grow through it. You know, like a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. Nothing grows there. You know, like you have to go through these trials and these tribulations and like pushing yourself to the absolute most extreme parts that you didn't think you could endure to prove to yourself that you can to build that confidence, to build that self-worth, to give yourself like that purpose. And that comes from that self-worth and that, yeah. that confidence. And I yes. think that's what happens. There's something that interrupts are this vision of ourselves uh, and, and that's usually some kind of traumatic event whether it's yeah. uh, divorce uh, someone close to you dying like yeah. traumas that we all experience mm -hmm. that starts you to question who am i yes. right and, and if you don't have the coping skills or the mechanisms to start answering that question the motivation to go down that that rabbit hole what happens is you need to find comfort right yeah. from that pain and the hurt that you're in mm -hmm. and you know in this world there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of things that interrupt this cycle of self-discovery yes. and self-worth <laughs> and confidence that 
you know, we, we end up gravitating to something. It's not even just drugs. It could, it's chocolate. It's right. too much KFC. It's yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know, how many people are addicted to shopping on Amazon, yeah. you know? And, yeah. So we were all, every single one of us, you know, when you asked the question before, like, what, what would change it? I, I think we all have our trials and tribulations. All, we all have our obstacles yeah. to get through. Ours just happens to be a substance. Mm-hmm. And, and we were able to come through the other side of it. But if it wasn't a substance, it could have been Anything. a million other things. It could right? be boys. It could be, you know, working out too hard. It could be, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Addiction is all the same at its report no matter what it is. Um, Kristen Stolte just posted on uh, Facebook saying, I love you, Alicia, but <laughs> not to leave you out, Daniel. Daniel, you're an amazing person. So there you go. <laughs> As we wrap up, we're, we're out of time, but um, what, what's your message to somebody right now? They're watching this on Facebook. They've been stuck at home. They're, they're, they're right now not in a good place, whether it's in their employment situation, their, their kids, their spouse, whatever it is. Um, when they go to healingus.org or when they go to healing or hucenters.com, I should say, hucenters.com, what's the first thing they ought to click on and then what can they expect? I mean, I'll, I'll be the one who answers your phone call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm director of admissions for Relevance Behavioral Health and, you know, I, I love what I do. You know, um, understand that if you're at home and you're suffering, like I, I was too, Jenny was too. You know, almost everyone in this building here with us today was too. And we're here and like community will bring you up, you know, like I'll love you before you can love yourself and I'll love you until you love yourself. You understand? Like it's, it's so important to know that there's other people that go through this and like there are people who understand and we're willing to hear your story and we're willing to like help you set those goals so that you can start to, to feel that confidence so that you can start to feel that self-love and, you know, self-love is the biggest part I think of, of addiction, especially in females, because not for nothing fewer much fewer females seek recovery than men do and i don't know why but like that's why i'm here and that's why i do what i do to like share this message of hope because like if i can recover baby girl you can recover too like absolutely Absolutely. Alicia, you are you're just an outstanding person. I mean, you're you're courageous, you're, you're smart. I'm, I'm just i'm proud to know you and and thank you so much daniel you're not too bad yourself but, but uh, I mean it. I, look, you guys have uh, you got people to save, so I'm going to let you go. But but thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you for being so open and honest and forthcoming with your story. I think that there's there's truth in the reality, and yeah. it's not going to be easy. But you've got a team, you've got a family, you've got people yeah. that care and have been through it. So yeah. uh, thank you, guys. You guys are the thank best. You. Thanks, Bill. It's been great. See you soon. Subscribe to the new Speaking Recovery podcast available at nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia, Google Play, and iTunes. Hosted by me and my friend Daniel Regan from Healing Us Centers. Are you or a loved one battling addiction? Relevance Behavioral Health is here to help. At Relevance, you'll get intense clinical care coupled with long-term relapse prevention. Relevance is the only local care facility focused on recovery and long-term sober living. Call today, 732-702-2242, or visit them online at Relevance recovery.com for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done